tonight. Appreciate just the hungry hearts that are here. And we're going to turn to Isaiah 1. I, uh, I have a little notepad in my phone that I uh, just every now and then, just as I'm reading the word or just a thought that's dropped into my spirit, I'll put it down. I was looking at that earlier and just over the last few weeks, there have been several scriptures and several thoughts that kind of came together for this message. And it seems to me as I approach this so, so basic and so simple, but yet I feel so strongly here coming to church with this and then just every testimony, just, just, uh, reinforcing the message tonight. So, uh, let's just go ahead and let God help us. I will tell you this, I try to have a title for the messages and I really, I don't put a lot of thought or time into it, but I, I, I kind of didn't really feel anything at all and didn't really, couldn't really come up with anything. So just kind of put up on the top of my page, guarded and defended. But then when Sister Daphne testified and she said, corrected and perfected, I said, that's the title. <laughs> amen. Corrected and perfected. Amen. Isaiah 1, if you have it, say amen. amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your presence here tonight. Thank you, Lord. We know at our best, Lord, we are just altogether vanity. But God, in you, there is something special here tonight because of you. And Lord, because of what you've done in our lives, we have, Lord, a testimony of great things, God, because of you. Lord, I ask you, please, God, just to direct this service, God, direct my words. God, we just surrender to you. Have your way today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Isaiah 1 11 says, to what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me? I'm going to go ahead and let you be seated right there. All right. But don't uh, lose your place. Don't lose your focus. Amen. As we look at these verses now, I want you to not only now, but get in the habit of when you start seeing God talk about their sacrifices, you start to see God talking about how they worship, don't get hung up on the the bullocks and the lambs and it goes get understand, hey, he's still talking to us about our worship. And he says to them, What is the purpose of all these sacrifices you bring me? Something that something to think about. You'd think God's just loving all the people bringing sacrifices. Why are you doing it? What's the purpose of it? Saith the Lord, I'm full of burnt offerings of rams, of the fat of the fed beasts. I delight not in the blood of bullocks and of lambs and of he goats. He could say, I I have enough lifted up hands. I've got a lot of people singing to me. I'm, I'm, I'm full of it. I don't delight in it. Why? What's wrong with our worship, God? When you come to appear before me, who required this at your hand to tread my courts? Why'd you come to church? Who made you? Wow. Bring no more vain oblations. See, he's seeing the worship, but he says it's vanity. You draw nigh to me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. I don't, I don't want your vain uh, sacrifices, vain praises, vain songs. Right. 
want something from your heart. Incense, it's an abomination to me. He prescribed the incense. It was to be symbolic of prayer going up into heaven and into the presence of God. He said, I'm sick of it. I hate it. New moon, Sabbaths, calling of assemblies. I cannot away with these. I can't endure it any longer is what that means. I'm so, so tired of it. It's hard for me to even deal with. Even the solemn meeting. Do you ever, do you ever have to show up to a meeting where it just seemed like nobody really wanted to be there? You know, God's saying it's what it seems like, and I don't enjoy it any more than you do. If your heart's not in it, I'm weary to bear them. When you spread forth your hands, I hide my eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. Gets back to what we're talking about. Vain worship of hypocrisy is not acceptable. It doesn't matter how big your choir is. It doesn't matter how big your crowd is. It doesn't matter how, how loud of a, of, a, of a praise, of a shout you can give. If there's sin, you need to repent of your sin. Now look what he says. Wash you. Make you clean. God is such a good father. You're going to find here in a little bit that a father, this isn't just chastisement and, and just slamming, but, but look what he says. He, he's given the remedy. Wash you, make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Listen to this. Come now, let us reason together. Saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be like wool. I'll wash away the stain of your sin. Let's reason together. I love that about God. I've seen a lot of folks with authority that are so unreasonable. But God, God is reasonable. Amen. If you be willing and obedient, ye shall eat of the good land. I'll bless you. What does it say? If you're willing. Do you want to serve God? Are you doing it because you have to or because you want to? Is it in your heart? Well, if you're willing and obedient, I'll bless you. God desires to bless people. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword. For the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. If you back up and look in verse 2. He says, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. For the Lord hath spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. He's talking as a father. As I said earlier, a good father. A good father will love and support, but will guide. I know in this generation that we live in that is so full of this entitlement. Will you take baby out, please? So full of this entitlement that you got to support me no matter what I do. Love is going to tell you the truth. Love is going to lead you, amen, away from what is evil, what is harmful to you. Right. 
Amen. Because that's real love. I've heard a lot of folks talk about love. They don't know the first thing about love. Amen. Because love is not going to enable you to go on in a self-destructive life. Love's going to intervene. Amen. I tell you what, don't, don't tell me what you learned about love in this world. Don't tell me what you know about love from broken, unhealthy uh, lives and, and, and the lies of, of Hollywood and, and the lust of all that. I'll tell you, when you want to find out about love, go to the cross. Amen. Go to Calvary. Go to a God that loved the world and gave himself. Amen. Praise God. Look at 1 Corinthians 13 about how love isn't proud and puffed up and pushes itself forward, but it serves. Sometimes serving. Praise God. You know what? That's the heart of what ministry means. Serving means, uh, I'm going to tell you what you need to hear sometimes. To my own sacrifice of my own reputation. That's what God did. Laid aside his reputation. Was hated. Amen. His plan was to pay the price for sin, to die for mankind. But remember, he was hated and delivered over to that execution because of his love, because of ministry. Well, praise God. He, he tells us as his children, he said, uh, he tells us that he's brought up children and they rebelled against him. I, I read this whole chapter in, uh, of of Isaiah, and and I hear the heart of a father. I hear the heart of love that hurts and wants so much to just see them blessed. Wants them to take the word of God to heart and be teachable. In verse five, he says, "Why should you be stricken anymore?" I'm not going to imagine God saying, I, "I'm tired of uh, of." rebuking you i'm tired of correcting you i'm tired of chastening you why should you be chastened anymore you're just going to revolt more and more amen brother parks one time preached about god's greatest judgment being and he called it mercy when god just says i'm done I can't, I'm not going to do any more. Just go ahead. And as you feel like, oh, God's mercy is just letting me go. And, and, I, and, and that's, that's God's worst judgment to, to just turn you over to your reprobate ways, to your reprobate mind. Amen. But he says, come, let us reason together. Let me, let me stop, stop rebelling and be reasonable. I would say it's very obvious in this world today, anyone who has just uh, been around very long, especially the parents that are here today, and uh, if you haven't been a parent, if you've at least been a child, that probably makes all of us. There's such a time, now you might uh, not remember, but a time when, when you felt like you knew it all, when you felt like you just just uh, didn't need any instruction, didn't need anybody telling you what you needed to do. But still they did. Amen. But can I tell you something? Parents pray that there comes a time when that child grows up and matures to a place where they recognize that was love. That was love. That my parents didn't just let me 
go on and just do whatever I wanted without any boundaries, without any, any, any uh, structure in my life, that, that I had so much to learn. Amen. You know, there's not too many people I don't feel like in this generation that have ever grown up and matured enough to say, I've got so much to learn. Amen. You know, it's, uh, it ought to be a cliche that you realize as you grow up, the more I, I grow, the more I realize I have to learn. The more I realize I don't know. The more I realize I do need help. Amen. Praise God. God talks to uh, backslidden people and says, you need to, to soften your heart. You need to listen and be reasonable because your ways are going to cause you to be destroyed. Amen. It, it's, it's good to be in church. It's good to, 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 to sing the songs and to, to gather together. But, but how often many have come with, with their heart closed off, with their ears stopped up. Religious people. There's so many that we've talked to, and I think about it, how when you start, we, we start this service talking about the baptism of the Holy Ghost and how that is so odd to a lot of people who have never heard about it before. They've never, they read their Bibles, but they've never really been uh, like those in, for, in Acts, the 19th chapter. We haven't even heard whether there be a Holy Ghost. Those men, those disciples, they heard it and said, hey, uh, I, I guess I, if that's what, the, what is, is right, if that's the word, then I want it. But a lot of people, it's, it's hard for them to, to listen, to, to be taught, to be corrected. They've got their little routines, they're in their little box, and, and, and there's so much more outside of their denominational walls. Amen. But they don't know how to just... Humble themselves and be teachable. Feel like I've got to a place. Listen, we can't afford to not be teachable and let the Spirit of God continue to lead us. And God, as one said tonight to Sister Hannah about, I, I just seeking God. And, 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 and here's something I never really even thought of, but God opened my eyes. We all need to be able to, to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. God is such a good father. And, and, and you know, one thing I love about him, you know, he, he doesn't just dump the whole list on us one the day we get the Holy Ghost. He's so patient with us. Amen. And he'll one step at a time, one day at a time, and he, he'll just lead us and guide us. But, but beware of allowing yourself to get a hard heart. We need to let God continue to, to, to lead you. To purify you. To perfect you. I feel like it's probably fair to say most people, they wouldn't say, I know it all. They'd laugh if you would even ask them the question. You think you got it all down? You think you're perfected already? You think you got it all squared away? You think you don't have anything to learn, you know, as much as you need to know? I think everybody would say, oh, come on. Of course not. I have a lot to learn. It's easy to say. It's another thing to be teachable. Amen. It's another thing to be easily taught. Amen. 
that the word of God, the spirit of God, even the ministry, be able to say, hey, here's here's something I feel like maybe would help you. And not come out fighting. (laughs) Amen. What are we so afraid of? As children... You know, we're insecure and, and, and we want to prove something, you know, I'm no, I'm, I'm, I'm grown up now and, you know, I, I tie my own shoes. Thank you very much. But as we grow, you know, we've, we've got a lot to learn. Amen. People go to a job and they're continually learning and growing, getting training and extra training and Amen. Always still accountable to people to say, hey, uh, I looked over some of the things you did last night, and, and here's how we can do it better. Right. Sure. Think about the military so often. Maybe we'll talk about it a little bit sometime soon. But think about, you know, going in and, and, and wow, talk about training. Right. You know, uh, and uh, doesn't it just make sense when you come to God to be able to say, you know what, God? I, I'm enrolling as a disciple. And I never want to get past a place where I can't be taught. That I can't be led. This is, you say, well, there's a lot of a lot of temptation in the world, a lot of sin that comes against us. You'll be all right if you can stay sensitive to the spirit of God. Amen. There's a lot of ways the devil tries to come at us. A lot of things in this generation where it's so accessible. If you can be sensitive to the Holy Ghost correction. Amen. Amen. If you can be easy to, to, to hear God say, hey, 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 hey. Amen. I'm not just talking about conviction after the preaching. That's part of it. But you need to carry it with you. I'm not talking about condemnation. I'm talking about the Spirit of God saying, whoa, 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 where are you going? And you feel that. Right, yeah. Amen. Amen. I don't belong here. Right. Praise the Lord. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you getting ready to say? Right. Amen. Right. You got enough Holy Ghost to speak in tongues. You got enough Holy Ghost to dance and shout. Do you have enough Holy Ghost for God to say, whoa, right. we're not talking about that. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's none of your business. That's gossip. That, that's, that's, that's not, uh, that, that's not becoming to a child of God. That's not holiness. Right. Amen. Amen. Right. You ought to have enough of the Holy Ghost to say, hey, wait a minute. You might think that looks good in the mirror, but put that back on the rack. You don't look like a child of God. That's immodest. Right. You ought to have enough of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Right. To dress holy and talk holy and walk holy. Yes. Right. Amen. Yes, and then if you did stumble. Oh, God, forgive me. And you make it right and you make it right quick. You don't make any more excuses anymore when God's dealing with you. Why do people get so mad at at the church, so mad at the pastor, so mad at brothers and sisters? Because you know what? They're fighting that conviction, that sweet spirit of God saying, come on, you know you're not doing right. And you push that off and push that off all week long. And God's saying, come on, pray. Come on, repent. Come on, just make it right. Come on, let's reason together. And then you come to church and guess what he preaches about? All right. Proverbs 12. 
Proverbs 12:15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Been thinking a lot about the way of a fool. Thought I was going to do a, a series about it. And I may be. This might be the first one. I don't know. <laughs> but the way of a fool. God calls us to wisdom. God calls us to live and right and doing right, applying the truth to every situation in our life. I believe you can apply God's word to every situation in your life. And I believe that to do anything but God's will in every situation in your life is walk in the way of a fool. What is foolishness? What is folly? What is the way of a fool? Someone who thinks, who chooses to do something that is wrong. And if it's not God's will, it's wrong. If it's not God's truth, it's wrong. And you can fight that. You can be stubborn about that. You can, you can run from that. I'm going to tell you something. You need to stop and just surrender to God. Amen. Don't let that pride get in your way. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. You can make a hundred excuses of why. Not one of them line up with the word of God. Not really. Oh, you can pull something out of context maybe. Or maybe pull something out that you made up. (laughs) Say it was from the book of Hezekiah or something. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But he that what? Hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. I don't ever be afraid of good, godly, scriptural counsel. If you can teach me, if you can show me, that is help. That's a blessing. If you've got something that I'm not living, what what a benefit that would be to be corrected. Amen. See, we got this idea. Oh, I felt it when I said to be corrected. Oh, I don't like that. What? You like being wrong? You like walking dangerously with your soul? I mean, there's a lot of things you might be careless with, but I wouldn't suggest you do it with eternity. He that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. Amen. I don't want it to be hard for somebody to be able to talk to me. I know sometimes... I've had people say, oh, you know, you're the pastor, you know, everybody's accountable to you. I'm accountable to everybody. I said at one time in church and I had a lot of looks. I said, I'm the most accountable person I know. I said, well, you're the preacher. I stand up here in front of you. You think you don't have the right to, I I take every one of these messages and think, you know what? If you're going to call me out on something, I better have an answer. Because I know Most of you, if not all of you, are serious about this. So if I say something goofy, praise the Lord, you're going to you're going to know. And it ought to it ought to affect you. It ought to matter to you. Praise the Lord. I don't have this idea. I don't have this idea. I could just say anything because I'm the pastor and you just listen to it. Amen. So why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you be excited about that? I've had people say, well, I don't really want to talk about it, preacher. I wonder if I said that to you, I'd be all right. I'm going through something. Well, I feel like I could probably help you. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. What kind of pastor would I be? And I'm the pastor. <laughs> that's, you know, that's kind of the authority there. And you said, I've got some things I'd like to talk to you about. I don't want to talk about them. I'd say that's not a good pastor. How dare I? Sure. 
I don't want to talk to you about it. I don't care what you've been praying about. I have people say it to me. Right. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Come on. Okay. I take my soul a lot more serious than that. Yeah. He that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. Yeah. I'm not talking about just anybody that's got an opinion that wants to beat you over the head with it. Talking about godly people that say, hey, I'm concerned about something. I've been praying for you. You're my friend. That's the way a pastor ought to be. That's the way we ought to be to one another. Amen. I know a lot of times I've heard preachers already say, well, uh, usually bigger churches. And they say, well, you know, you don't want to get too close to people. Because then they think maybe you know too much and then they're worried about what you know and then you're just preaching what you know. Hey, I don't believe in having this kind of thing where we don't, we're not friends outside of here. I don't see that in God's will. Jesus was a friend to the people he was preaching to. Amen. We just need to understand uh, that we're, that we're all on the same team trying to help get to heaven together. Amen. Proverbs 9 verse 7. He that reproveth a scorner. Reproof is is really correction. He that reproveth a scorner getteth to himself shame. I know that might not seem like a lot to you, but that scriptures like that break my heart. Amen. Because you see, trying to help somebody get on the right path. And all you got is shame because... They've got an answer of why you're not doing it right. You're not approaching it right. You're not, you don't know it all. And, and, and who do you think you are? And all you've got is shame out of a deal where you're just trying to help somebody make it to heaven. Because you know what? Praise the Lord. It, there's, there's a lot of ways that are not on the narrow path that need reproof. There's a lot of folks that have gone the wrong way that could have been helped. Amen. If they would have just listened to some reproof. Amen. If they could hear the spirit of God saying, hey, stop. Don't go that way. If they could hear a friend say, hey, wait a minute. What you doing? What are you thinking about? Change direction. That's that's not going to help you at all. He that rebuketh a wicked man getteth himself a blot. Reprove not a scorner lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love thee. Amen. Tell somebody somebody who's wise is going to thank you. They're going to they're going to appreciate that help because they realize it's not trying to put you down. Amen. It's not a power play. It's not an ego trip to try to say, "Hey, I know what's right," and like a friend, like a. Like a father, if you will. Amen. That says, I, 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 can, I can help you in this. I've, I've seen how this is, this is going a bad direction. Reprove not a scorner lest he hate thee. How sad it is sometimes in the word of God that God sends a prophet, God sends a ministry, God tells, he certainly works in his spirit to deal with folks that are going the wrong way and they won't have an excuse if they keep on going. But that there are at times, God says, don't, don't rebuke them. They'll just hate you. Just right. don't waste your time. Right. How sad is that? Right. 
I know there's a lot of times good folks in church that are, well, why don't you just go ahead and preach that? Sometimes it's why waste my time about that? You know, how about if I help you? You'll listen, help, help you get what you need. Give instruction to a wise man and he will be yet wiser. To have the attitude and understanding that you're not so wise that you couldn't stand just a little more wisdom. Amen. How great is that? It's it's just the vastness of God's wisdom is like that. That you think you've just gotten so far and then you find out, wow, there's just just new horizons and more more of the depths of God's word that you just go deeper and deeper. It's so awesome. Because it's God's book. Give instruction to a wise man. He will yet be wiser. And let me make this very clear. The depths of God's word to me, I don't want it to get too far away from just what is practical for righteous living. Amen. I'm not talking about some new and some different uh, kind of revelation. I'm just talking about how to apply it to our lives to be just more Christ-like. And you can just keep on going. That's how awesome Jesus is, right? You can spend your whole lifetime just trying to to be more like him. And God still just gives you another lesson. Makes you feel like sometimes, you know, he just makes you feel like you're back in kindergarten. Lord, help me be more like you. Give instruction to a wise man. He will be yet wiser. Teach a just man. He will increase in learning. Keep learning. Don't be afraid to learn. Don't be afraid to say, well, I I just, I wish I knew more. That's great. You're way ahead of the game. I know, no, I'm telling you, I don't know a lot. You're so far ahead just because you said that. I've got so much to learn. You're doing so good. Don't forget that you have so much to learn. We're we're not, uh, uh, this isn't some kind of guilt trip. Oh, I just don't know much. Thank God. Just keep that attitude and keep growing. Book of Psalms says, let the righteous smite me. It shall be a kindness. <laughs> what? Hey, if I need it. Lord, let, let the righteous smite me. Oh, I, uh, you might say, I went through something. Oh, I'm so, I, I, I'm so embarrassed. I can't believe I, I did. Thank God for correction. Thank God for correction. Let him reprove me. It shall be an excellent oil, which shall not break my head. Second Timothy four. Familiar with this, very familiar with this. We read it quite often. Second Timothy four one. I charge thee, therefore, before God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. It's God's will that correction takes place in the house of God. It's a lot of folks go to church week after week. They have no idea. Well, I don't like that church. I'd like to be uplifted. I like to be motivated. I believe in, in, in uplifting. Amen. I believe in edifying. Amen. I believe in building up. But there is an aspect that we need uh, uh, that the spirit of God would teach us and correct us. As the word says, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine for the time will come. I believe it has when they will not endure sound doctrine. 
Why won't they endorse sound doctrine? Because it goes against their lifestyle of sin. It goes against their, the will of their flesh. They will not endure sound doctrine. I love that church. Oh, I love that music. I love that, uh, the beat of that, that, that worship team. Do they preach to you a message that will bring you to your knees? Because I'll tell you, a lot of folks, myself included at times, need to be brought to our knees. Amen. And if the preacher's afraid to hurt your feelings, that's not loving you. And I'm not talking about being arrogant, proud, and all that. No, no, no. I'm talking about loving you enough to tell you the truth. Well, praise God. You build a crowd. It's easy to build a crowd. When you start loving people enough to tell them, hey, the way is narrow. The Bible says they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts. That's what they're looking for. My, what I want. What I like. Amen. Shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears? They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. How many fables are being taught? If people could just allow themselves to be sensitive to the Spirit of God, to be corrected by the Holy Ghost, by the Word of God, amen. Praise God. I don't come here with my own feelings. I say, God, if you preach to me and that's the word of God, that's that's what I'll do. Doesn't matter how I feel about it. Amen. If that's the word of God, I'm going to obey it. Amen. Not my will, but thine be done. Isaiah 5. I want to keep moving here. Isaiah 5. What a. This is, again, the heart of God just drawing a picture of his church, the, the people of God. Look what he says. Isaiah 5, 1. Now will I sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. My well-beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. You know what his vineyard is? It's his people. It's his church. And he's illustrating a point. He said, I planted a vineyard. We're all plants planted in the church, planted in his vineyard. And he's coming that we would bring forth fruit. He's coming to see that we bring forth fruit. Amen. Amen. Look what he does to it. In love, he puts a fence around it. Yeah. Right? right? He doesn't want the wild animals coming here and tromping all over it. He doesn't want the thieves coming in and wrecking it and spoiling it. So he fences it in. He defends it because he loves it. Yeah. He protects it because he loves it. Yeah. Amen. He fenced it. He gathered out the stones thereof, planted it with choicest vine. He's planted you. You're the choicest vine. You're his children. He's planted you with his word and with his blood. Amen. Amen. Build a tower in the midst of it. He's defending you. He's protecting you and defending you. That's what a tower is. It's a high place that you can see the enemy coming. It's a place of defense. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it. They're safe. They're defended. That's the church. I've built protection around you. I've given you a defense. I'm there with you. You're guarded. You're defended. And also made a wine press therein. He looked that it should bring forth grapes. He has an intention for you. 
This isn't just, oh, leaving you on to, to your devices. He paid a price for you. He doesn't expect to come back and see your will, what you like, what you want. He's coming back for fruit of his spirit. What does he see when he sees the fruit of his spirit? That's him. He sees himself in you. You died to sin. You died to that old life. But look what it says. He looked that it would bring forth grapes. It brought forth wild grapes. He defended it. He guarded it. He protected it. Still did his own thing. How many times I see this in the word of God. And now verse three, oh, inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah judge. You tell me, I pray you betwixt me and my vineyard. What could have been done more to my vineyard? What could I have done more? Nobody's going to stand before God and say, you know what? You didn't do enough for me. Your blood wasn't enough. Your word, that sword of the spirit wasn't enough. Your spirit that you offered to fill me with wasn't enough. Your name that has authority over every unclean spirit, it just wasn't enough. I couldn't live for you. What more could have been done to my vineyard that I have not done? Wherefore, when I looked that it should bring forth grapes, brought it forth in the wild grapes. What does he do? What does he do? The judgment? I remember we were talking about judgment. What does he do when he can't find the, the good grapes that he, he expected? What is his judgment? Go to now. And now go to. I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge. I'm going to drop that hedge of protection. You were safe when you were sensitive to my voice. You were guarded when you knew that what I said, this is the line, don't cross it. You were safe when I could talk to you and say, no, that's not for you. Amen. But he takes down the hedge. It shall be eaten up, breaks down the wall and it shall be trodden down. I will lay it to waste. It shall not be pruned. Never good enough. Always teaching me. Pruning back. He says in John, he talks about how if you bring forth fruit, he'll prune you back so you bring forth more fruit. Oh, you don't like that? Fine, I won't prune you. Fine, I'll leave, I'll leave the hedge down. You don't like boundaries? You don't want my spear correcting you and, and teaching you and instructing you and rebuking you? Oh, heaven forbid you get rebuked. What a horrible, what a horrible thing for a church to rebuke you when you're wrong. Fine. I won't prune you. I'll let everything. And what happens? Briars and thorns. Trouble. Trodden down, it says. God's looking out for the best for you. You ought to thank God when he's still teaching you and leading you. Don't let your pride allow you to have an attitude against God's spirit leading you and teach you, perfecting you. Go back to Proverbs, the first chapter. In closing, Proverbs 1. This is quite a, quite a, a message here in Proverbs 1. And it's wisdom, which is the voice of God. You can't separate it, really. God sends his wisdom through his word, through his spirit. Amen. Through the ministry, he's sending his word to you, to correct you, to improve you. I don't know if people have been hurt so much. Are they, all they think about correction is just getting beat. That's not correction. You know, discipline 
isn't getting beat. It's, I believe in corporal punishment. It's Bible. Don't get me wrong. But there's a whole lot more to it than just getting spanked. Discipline is, is training, teaching. Amen. God's voice will come and look what it says. Wisdom crieth out. You got to have ears to hear. You, if you don't have ears to hear, if you're, you're deaf to the spirit of God, you won't hear wisdom. You got to make a choice to close your ears because God's crying out with his wisdom for your situation. He says in the book of James, ask for wisdom. If any man lack wisdom, ask, right? He'll give it to you liberally. Wisdom cries without. She uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of concourse, in the openings of the gates in the city. She uttereth her words. Wisdom is crying out. Wisdom's trying to help you do right. Trying to keep you from your ways that are wrong. How long, you simple ones, you foolish, the ones that are ignoring wisdom's cry. God calls them simple ones, foolish ones. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? How long will you love foolishness? How long will you put a a value on being a fool rather than being wise? Being wrong, being just having to be right because it's you rather, but not right because it's not God. How long will you love foolishness, simplicity, and scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. I don't care what anybody says. I'm going to do what I know is right. But if it's not God's will, if it's not God leading you, it's foolish. Let God show you what's right. Turn you at my reproof. Wisdom's reproof, right? Right? Wisdom speaking. Turn at my reproof. Behold, I'll pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. God's wisdom is available for you, but you got to seek it. You got to want it. You can't rebel against it. You got to be teachable. Be, listen now. Because I have called and ye refused. Wisdom. God's will. For your situation. Hear me now. God's looking at your situation and giving you that wisdom. Wisdom is saying, come on, I've got a plan for you. Come on, I, I, I'm going to help you. It's not your first choice, but this is, what, this is what's right. God's going to help you with that if you listen. But it says, because I called and you refused. I stretched out my hand and no man regarded. What do you do for somebody that says no to wisdom, keeps choosing foolishness, keeps choosing their own way? They're too stubborn to say, yes, yes, I'm going to just be corrected. I'm going to be reproved. I'm going to listen to wisdom. But you have said it not all my counsel. You would none of my reproof. I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. Now, I've heard it preached that uh, and, and, and totally disagree with it, that there comes a point that people reject God for so long. I know this just sounds horrible to say. You reject God so long that all of a sudden he just lets you to your own devices. And then when trouble comes, he turn and call on God. He's just going to laugh at you. But I'll tell you what this is talking about. 
This is talking about when you tell somebody, hey, here's a way. Here's how to do it. There's help for you. You can do this. You just got to want God's will. You got to do what's right. Quit quit going your own will, your own way, the easy way. Here's how to get through this the right way. And you don't listen. You won't listen. You refuse. You refuse. Then after a while, you come back and say, what am I supposed to do now, preacher? <laughs> what? What do we do now? <laughs> what? What do I do now after everything is just completely destroyed because you walked over wisdom time and time again? Hey, what should I do now? <laughs> Seriously, now? Right. Now just do everything you can to be saved and pray for mercy. Right. Cry at an altar. Because sometimes, I'm talking about situations with your life. You ignore wisdom over and over and over again. And then bring the pieces back. See, God will save. But sometimes the life that you've got to live, God is merciful. But listen, it's so much easier to just go ahead and say, God, give me wisdom today. God, if I'm going the wrong way, just I, I want you to tell me and I'll change it. I, I want to follow you. I'm not going to fight with you, Lord. You know what's best for me. When your fear cometh as desolation, or your destruction cometh as a, as a whirlwind. When distress and anguish come upon you. I've seen it. I, I've seen it. People say, I, now I don't know what to do. Right. You came and asked for help, and we said, this is the way, and you didn't do it. You said, came and said, pray. we prayed, and God gave direction. No, I don't think, I, I don't want to do that. We came and, and said, what's the Bible said? This is what the Bible says. I, don't, I, I just don't want to do that. And now when, when you're reaping the consequence, the whirlwind and the destruction of all those wrong decisions, God, why, will you bless me now? It's like Esau, the Bible talks about it. I, I believe in the book of Hebrews it is where the Bible says Esau goes back now to his father and weeps bitter tears. Is there any place of blessing for me now after you sold it? After you sold it? Why didn't you come and ask before you sold your birthright, before you gave up your blessing to say, hey, hey, what should I do? What's the best thing to do? Is this smart of me? He sought it carefully with bitter tears, the word says. Found no place of repentance. They shall call upon me and I will not answer. They shall seek me early and they shall not find me. For they that hate, there's no wisdom. Wisdom says you're, you made this choice. I don't ever want you to get there. I don't ever want you to be there where you say you 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 snuff at wisdom and, and and the preaching comes down to where you're living. I don't need that right now, and I'll be fine. I'll make it. You know, I'm better than a lot of other people. Listen, for they hated knowledge, they did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despise all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them. And the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whoso hearkeneth unto me, unto wisdom, shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. Let's bow our heads. Oh, hallelujah. Wisdom is available. Teaching. Instruction. Correction. 
Don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid for God to just get right there where you're at. Let that be your goal, your desire. God, talk to me. Preach to me. Give me what I need to to be saved, to be blessed, to be used by you. Don't let me be proud. Don't let me feel like I can't be corrected. Listen, as I said earlier, it's easy to say, oh, I don't know it all. It's another thing to come with a hungry, humble heart to God and say, Lord, talk to me. Help me. I don't care if I'm the only one at that altar, God. I want to be right. I don't care if I feel like He's just singling me out. And that's the Holy Ghost. Speak to me, Lord. Speak for Thy servant heareth. Come on, let's find a place to pray. In the name of Jesus. Jesus' name, help us, Lord. Help us be more like you.